Welcome back. You're listening to Sharon Witt. Uh, this is our show, This One Life, Stories That Shape You. And my special guest this evening is amazing author and uh, she's a presenter. She's all things um, to tween girls, Rebecca Sparrow. Thank you for joining me this evening, Beck. It's so great to be able to talk to you. Um, we talked about uh, before the break your, your spark, your passion. How do you mm-hmm. find out in life? Because I think a lot of people will be listening right now going, I don't know what that is. How do you find mm. your spark? How do you find that thing that gets you up in the morning that brings you joy? It's so interesting, isn't it? That's the million-dollar question of how do you, how do you, you know, are, does everybody have a purpose? Are we all here for a reason? You know, what, you know, on a bigger level, what am I meant to do with my life? And mm. certainly one of the things on a practical level, one of the things that I um, say to senior high school students is that idea of following finding your strengths and your strengths are really those things that you really enjoy doing but you're also good at you know so you could be fantastic at science you know physics or maths or legal studies or whatever at school Mm. but if you don't actually really you might find a breeze to do but if you don't actually really love it then I wouldn't be suggesting to you that that's a career path you can follow. On the flip side, you might be someone who absolutely loves drama or singing or whatever, but if you're perhaps not being chosen at this point for, you know, um, getting auditions to be in the choir or anything like that, then it's probably more of a hobby that you can have and there's nothing wrong with having things as as Mm. hobbies. So I think strengths in terms of, we're talking specifically about high school students, is those things that are in both both camps. So you're good at it and also you enjoy doing it. And I think as well for me, the guiding principle in terms of, you know, what are you meant to do with your life or how do you know, the underlying... I guess, theme for me is how can I be of service? Yes. That's the thing that for me, you know, you know, and even marrying what you enjoy doing with giving back, using that skill set. So again, I don't care whether you're a vet, a florist, a teacher, whatever, there's often a way that you can have that job that you love and also find a way to use it to to give back somehow, whether it's volunteer work or whatever. Yes. But I think, I just think so often, Sharon, when we think about how to find that spark, so often it, that that sense of fulfilment comes from being of service. Mm. You know, so I true. don't, I don't necessarily. Do you think that I, I don't necessarily think that everybody's got this? You know, I am here in this life to be do this job. That feeling that we're looking for, um, I think that feeling of joy and contentment often comes from feeling um, like you're putting we before me. Yes. That you're doing something for the greater good. And I think that gives people a sense of purpose. That gives you a sense of I'm here for a reason because I'm helping other people. I think that's so true. And I think also it's what what energises you. You know, if it's something that is your spark and, and it energises you, I mean, just to be able to do something for someone else or make it a little difference in this world in your little corner, I think that's that's what life's all about. And I think one of the one of the things that I do see young people doing um, is they they, for example, think they're 
they might be great at science or they might be excelling in a particular area, biology or, or maths or whatever, and they think, you know, just because I'm enjoying it maybe or I'm good at it, maybe I should follow that as a career path. And then they'll start at university or they might start an apprenticeship and they'll realise, oh, that's not really what I want to do. And so sometimes yeah. we can be confused by the things that we think we should do because teachers say, oh, you're good at that, you should follow that. But really, and the other thing is it can take a number of tries at things before you find something that you really do love to do that actually really does energise and bring you joy. And I think there's I that's nothing wrong with trying new things. I agree. And in fact, I, I love the advice that Elizabeth Gilbert gives, which is some people in life are jackhammers and some people are hummingbirds and the jackhammers are those people who were born like my nephew um in melbourne who were born with this thing of i you know really from the age of two he's been like i want to be a pilot Mm, you know it's those people i want to be an author i want to be a doctor i want to be a vet i want to be a teacher and they just know right and then they follow that path they don't they don't change from that that's their thing other people like me maybe a bit like you i'm not sure sharon yeah we're hummingbirds, so we try different things. So that's why when you read my bio at the beginning, I have done a whole heap of different things, which I've loved. Yeah. I've loved working in radio. I've loved being a magazine editor. Um, I love being a travel writer um, and a newspaper columnist. And so I'm very open in my life to new opportunities and kind of following, um, going with the flow of seeing where life takes me. And there's no right or wrong way I think both career paths are equally valid you know so So I think we need to I I don't want to see um, young people beat themselves up if they think oh I want to do this and then I swapped over to this and that's legitimate I think sometimes I love it when when my ex-students will meet with me I have coffee with them and that one of them might say I started nursing and then I moved into this and now I'm moving into this must seem like I'm really all over the place. And I said, no, that's awesome. I'm actually really proud of you for trying and then realising that that wasn't the right path for you. Some people go right through their course knowing from the first year that it wasn't the right thing, but they feel like they have to keep going. And I'm more proud of you for realising. I think that takes a lot of um, great inner knowledge and, um, you know, and maturity. I think that's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, here I am, you know, having my own radio show. I never expected that. You know, I I went into teaching because I wanted to be in drama. So I studied drama, went into teaching and now, you know, written books. And I just take every little opportunity that comes along too. And I think I don't have this game plan of this is what I'm going to do with my life. I just look for opportunities or if they come and stare me in the face, I go, why not? What's the worst that can happen? I'm exactly the same and I think that's what makes life so exciting is I think right now I absolutely love what I do. I don't know what I'll be doing in five or ten years but I'm just trusting. I trust that I land on my feet and I kind of go where the opportunities come. So I try not to have blinkers on and as opportunities come my way um, and not all of them work out but I sort of think, yeah, I'd love to move into that area. I'd love to do that. And new, new, new people come into your life and present new opportunities or new ideas. And that's a really exciting way to be. And, as, and I think my grounding principle is always that thing of um, what's my intention with what I'm doing? Like, what am I, what am I here for? And, and, you know, how can I, how can I live the world in a better place? 
you know. Um, somebody asked me yesterday, you know, Beck, what would you want written on your gravestone when you're gone? And mm. I said that she was a force for good. And so yes. that's how I live my life and how um, I want to be. So true. And I just, I don't know about you, probably you as well. <laughs> We're very similar. I find I, that I'm still making new friends. I've just turned 50. I'm making friends all the time and it it enriches my life so much. Same here. And I think being open to it, I, don't, I think that idea when people say, um, oh, I don't have any, you know, there's no room left. Um, I've got no mm-hmm. um, spaces left for new friends. Yeah. How sad that is. I know. To be closed off. Some of the greatest people I've met, have that's happened in the last five years. Yeah, me I've too. I've had these amazing people cross my path. Yeah. And my life is so much richer because of them. I know. So I'm with you. I kind of think I try really hard. I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I try really hard to be open yes. um, to, the, to people and experiences. Mm. And I find that when you... Um, try and see the best in people when you have that attitude. Um, life rises up to greet you. That's Absolutely. what I think. Mm. Now, Beck, for the last little bit of this show, let's talk motherhood. Today is Mother's Day. Um, what does motherhood mean to you? Gosh, motherhood, I think, for me, has been both the greatest gift mm. for me and also the biggest teacher Yeah, to me um, of just in everything, you know, like my children are my absolute world. Um, They bring me such enormous joy. But also I have learnt so much um, about who I am, how I respond, you know, who I want them to be and am I modelling that? Like there's nothing like parenthood to sort of hold a mirror up to you as to who you are and how you're operating in the world. So I think, and I think it's an absolute privilege because I, I know personally, as you would, Sharon, so many people who, you know, desperately dreamt of being parents and who were not given that opportunity. Mm. So I, I try not very much to take it for granted. Oh, absolutely. And, and you made a really good point. We learn so much about ourselves from parenthood, I think, and from motherhood. I learnt how much I need my sleep <laughs> as an <laughs> early mum. I did not realise how much I need sleep and it teaches you so much and, and about uh, resilience and about, um, I think, look, I think it teaches you to be really um, selfless, doesn't it? To be yes. a parent oh, is, is totally. to put your I- needs almost last and and. Not that we want to be, we actually want to make sure we nurture ourselves, but it really is laying everything on the table, isn't it? You oh, do anything for I, them. Absolutely. Like it, it, I think the moment you have a child, you are inc- you become incredibly vulnerable because all of a sudden, you know, anything that could happen to that child, you sort of just makes you catch your breath, mm. you know. So it, it's so scary, but it just, you know, even as your children go through primary school and high school, the number of parents that I speak to, Sharon, where it brings up issues for the parents. Yeah. You know, so much with our kids and how we raise them is about us, you know, and buttons that are being pressed and, and um, blueprints that we have of how things should be. And so it's such, it's so much harder <laughs> than I thought it would be, yeah. but also like the joy and um, love in that children 
can bring you. I mean, every Friday night in our house we do family movie nights. My favourite night of the week is when we're all together, you know. And, of course, my children, I know that there's probably people listening who've got teenagers who are like, oh, my teenager won't do that anymore. But my, I've still got um, two boys in primary school and a uh, daughter in high school. So those moments are so precious to me when we're just all hanging out together. All those rituals, family rituals mean so much to me, rituals and traditions. Yeah, yeah they're so good. Beck, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this evening. And I just want to personally say thank you so much for shining a light on so many issues and, and, and just being such a wealth of information for especially our tween girls. And um, just to always, you such a wealth of information and you provide so much um, space for people to find out about how to help raise strong, healthy, resilient young girls. So really appreciate that. And um, happy Mother's Day, Beck. I hope you have Thank had a you. wonderful day. Thank you, Sharon. And I just want to say I feel really grateful to work in this space with you and so many other terrific women and men that we know. And we certainly, I feel like we're all on the same team. And so we're all always supporting each other um, because we're all looking for the same goal, which is um, helping our our kids yeah. flourish. It's so you true. Know, it's helping our kids flourish. And so I feel like... Really, there is an invisible team that we're actually all on together. And I feel really grateful that my work has meant that I have crossed paths with you. And any time I can ever do work with you, Sharon, I'll be there. Oh, thank you so much, Beck. And I feel the same. You know, when we when we um, push each other up and we, and we raise each other up and we encourage each other, um, great things happen. And we all are doing our little bit to um, help make this world a better place. So thank you, Beck. Love chatting to you. And happy Mother's Day. Well, that's thank all we you. thank you. That's all we have for another edition of This One Life Stories That Shape You. I'm Sharon Witt and I look forward to your company next time.